0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Thoughtcast by One Thing. Uh, Here we have Karthik with us who is a counselling psychologist and works with working professionals and kids deal with their mental health problems. Today, uh, we will be talking about mental health in the workforce and I feel that's a very important topic uh, to be touched especially due to COVID and people having to work in a different manner, uh, change their patterns of working and From um, offline to online? come offline to online and uh, also deal with a lot of negativity around themselves so how can employees uh, work towards a better mental health and how can companies uh, help them in the process uh, is something we'll uh, discover with you today
1: let's actually start with the basics right Um, we've all gone through a lockdown it's been uh, it's been hard for everyone Um, some people have had it pretty hard, many others even harder. Um, my first basic question to you is this. What did you experience in the pandemic when you were secluded, when you were alone, um, either with or without family? What were some of the basic issues you faced as a human being?
0: I think it was just a very different pattern. It's not like I would not been home for a month or two uh, just by myself. Being around all of this uh, yeah. made me a lot more anxious. I mean, that's something I went through. But I, I felt like I personally overcame it uh, as soon as I started stepping out a little bit. But that's something you couldn't really afford one month down the line.
1: That's something that not everyone had the privilege of doing, right? The last time we experienced a pandemic was a hundred years ago. So no one actually knows what is a pandemic response, right? right. And um, as companies. I feel like companies have come together have tried to brainstorm around it have tried to figure out what it is that they can do for their employees but I think the first step is to actually talk about it the first step is to actually hear people out and understand what problems do they have so answering your question people have gone through depression the depression rates are much higher people have gone through pandemic anxiety Um, for people who have uh, been caregivers, they've gone through caregiver stress, right? who've been primary caregivers to their people at home Um, and for people who have constantly been caregivers around their house or their society there's also this thing as compassion fatigue. So people are losing the ability to be compassionate, people are losing the ability to be empathetic or sympathetic around their own households let alone their companies to do something about their own mental health or about the mental health of their friends and family. The awareness towards mental health has picked up significantly. Mm. However, at the same time, um, Instagram is a platform where everyone has this right or a freedom of speech to express themselves. It does not mean what they are expressing might be the right thing. So, along with the pros of an increased awareness the cons are that not everyone has access to correct information
0: so actually so that's where that's what we want to talk about also right that what can companies do to make sure that uh, their employees have access to men- mental health resources
1: so i think one of the simplest resources that uh, most companies can adopt is uh, is basic training on mental health awareness, right? Um, just exposing their employees about what is mental health, right? So many companies they they don't actually do that, right? They expect people to simply know that, or they're like, oh, my employees are on Instagram. I'm sure you know they know about these things, right? Or you know we have it in our company. You know it's probably a part of the company insurance where they can probably you know go and get help or mm. whatever it is you know different companies operate differently mm. but some basics that companies can definitely adopt is um, like how they do diversity training mm. or how they do like um, you know harassment at the workplace training like basic hr you know um, compliance trainings that that companies have one of them can be a training on mental health awareness right
0: you have to ensure that the employee is actually feeling safe and knows that you're there for them even in the time of need and when they just need a day off. Like, why do you yeah. need to have a fever to to, uh, to take a leave? Yeah. Yeah. Why Maybe. can't you be just like, I can't get out of my bed today. Uh, there are a lot of people who go through uh, things like BPD. But they can usually function, right? They don't have yeah. a problem. But they do have their off days. Like it's very difficult to call your manager and say, I'm sorry, I, I just need to take a leave because I'm feeling extremely anxious. But that's something that should change, right? Like if, if someone has a physical illness, societies and companies and even... They're I more mean,
1: accepting of a physical they're illness. They're more accepting yeah. of a
0: physical... Uh, yeah,
1: as compared to a mental illness. And I completely... Yeah. I hear you. I, mm-hmm. I do. I really do. That's the first thing, right? Mm-hmm. To understand that... Just like how a physical illness is curable, but needs time and needs compassion. Same thing. Most mental illnesses are also curable and need time and need compassion. I feel like if people can start treating mental health the same way as they treat physical health, then we can work around it, right? We can say, okay, this person like how in, a, in, the, in the case of a fracture, you need to go see a doctor, right? Probably once a week or once in two weeks. Similarly, if a person needs to go see their therapist, right, and might need a half day from work, or might need to leave work early, or might have to take a day off because they are unable to function. Such things should also be allowed. People need to start incorporating that uh, into their policy. They need to start normalizing that, right? right? Let's look at more permanent things like, like let's say your eyesight, right? your eyesight might not come back to a 6 by 6 but you wear glasses to correct your vision right and if glasses don't work eventually people might even go for a laser but it might not be viable for everyone you know they'll have glasses now similarly in mental health what is the equivalent of glasses that help you cope and give you perfect vision some sort of a support that ensures that you still have perfect vision just because your eyes are not perfect. right? Mm. So people need to see mental health professionals if they feel like they are having troubles with their own mental health. It's just like any other issue. In India we go to a psychiatrist for medication and we go to a psychologist for counselling, therapy and things like that. Um, you need you need to see both kinds of people if you feel like, okay, because a psychologist cannot prescribe you medication, right? Yeah. So you need to know that you're going to the right person and you need to, uh, I'm not advertising anyone here, but like Fortis Hospital does a fabulous job, right? Mm-hmm. They have a, a, a mental health department where the psychiatrist works in conjunction with the psychologist, okay. right, to give you holistic mental health advice. To ensure that your problem is managed, treated, taken care of, fixed, in whatever capacity it is.
0: As you said, Fortis might be uh, the right place to go for them because they work in a sink. Um, but like if there's no Fortis around me, how do I choose which doctor do I need to go to?
1: We have apps like Practo now, right? Where you can just look up a good psychologist or a psychiatrist in your area. We have apps like Cure fit, right? The cult chain of group, like we've got apps at our own disposal where you can book an appointment with a psychologist, right? Start somewhere. Start with a reference. Ask a friend, ask a family member, ask someone who you think might know is a good psychologist. If no one in your circle knows anyone, just Google. If you tell someone my bones are hurting, it's a more complex problem. Now, they won't say Hajmola, Khalo. They'll be like, "Okay, I hear you. That sounds serious. Why don't you go get that checked?" Right? This is called a response or rather a first aid, where you hear the person and then you respond. People need to start doing the same thing with mental health. Right? At a workplace, if someone tells you that they are having a problem, rather than saying, "Oh, go see a therapist." which can come off as a little you know, rushed yeah. something better to do is to just hear people out and maybe not give advice just hear them know that they are feeling heard and then help them and respond in a way that says hey why don't you go and get help because this is beyond my jurisdiction or beyond my expertise mm-hmm. a lot of people find it hard to confide in their manager and rightly so because they might feel judged um, and a manager might not know whether this is genuine or not. It is a problem on both ends and that's why it's easier to confide in peers and uh, and that's why it may be easier to confide in a separate authority altogether like the HR. So that is a simple technique. But if a person has to go to a manager then yes you're right they need to have uh, an open honest and a transparent relationship where a person can feel comfortable enough to confide and we need to create the kind of a work environment that allows for that. If a person goes to some person X, that person X needs to be someone who can listen to them, who can uh, be non-judgmental, who can guide them in a certain way, who probably has basic mental health expertise, Otherwise, a lot of companies that I know now, they hire psychologists at the workplace, which is the best thing to happen.
0: Exactly. I yeah. mean, that's actually so cool that uh, people who can't afford it also can go and people who are hesitant, who want to just give it a try, uh, when they see that their peers are doing it, it encourages them as well.
1: Yes. There are so many factors to this, right? To, a, to an employee mental health and feeling welcomed, in feeling safe, in feeling secure i mean you can equate that to maslow's pyramid right uh, in terms of security safety and then esteem right self esteem needs and things like that so all of those felt like tick 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 covered right once those things are taken care of an employee can really focus on the work and and derive a sort of pleasure from their work look forward to their work or even derive a sense of self worth from their work although that's not a healthy thing to do mm-hmm. but people do that right yeah. and, uh, and that's what really drives performance other programs right so whether it's a buddy program mm-hmm. or it could be like uh, having uh, an employee assistance program where you have people other than your manager who's coaching you. you can have a mentor program where you know you have someone in the company who's senior who you can go to who can guide you who can mentor you who can put you on like a like a success path, there are a lot of programs that the HR anyways has which ensures that people are talking to people people are getting help from people but if we look at exclusive mental health programs like exclusively I feel like definitely you need to have like maybe spaces like a town hall right not all companies have a town hall where people can talk about pressing issues right where people can talk about what it's like for them, and and how can they solve problems that employees are facing uh, that might not only concern the company but might also come like you know concern their private lives, um, things like that. Things I mean there, there are I'm sure there are plenty of ideas out there, but at the core of it, um, I think that people should definitely talk more about mental health issues not because it is a fad or it's a fashion but because people are genuinely facing problems right um
0: even more so in bigger companies right like in startups you still get to meet people around you you know that you're responsible for more things you're reaching out to more people in companies like the big fours and even pwc you have to have these uh measures in place to make sure people are actually talking to each other. Because yeah, exactly. everything is happening digitally given now the work from home situation as well.
1: Yeah.
0: People barely get to see each other and this is work is now it takes at least 8 hours of your day right? Uh, yeah. Which means you don't have enough time to work, eat, sleep, meet your... Oh, uh, no you don't. You, you don't have you enough know, time.
1: It's, it's crazy. Um, let's paint the picture of a family right? An average employee who's probably you know between 30 to 40 years of age, they have kids, they have their parents. So they have to let's say log in at a 9am, right? Along with that they have to ensure that their parents are fed, their children are fed and on their own laptops attending online school while they themselves have to start you know dealing with reports, their team, their managers, Everything, right? So they're working through the day while, you know, whichever house help has also come, you know, to help them with, you know, cleaning or cooking. Or some people don't even have that. So they have to cook themselves, they have to clean themselves, they have to ensure their children are on their screens and not sleeping. Uh, And after all of that, they have to also manage their own screen time and the screen time of their children and still have reports to finish, still have things to do. And after that also, like once, you know, they they are now as the day progresses, it's tea time, they'll probably take a break, they'll probably have a conversation with their kids, they have a conversation with their own parents, and then again, they're back to the laptop, right. Um, As convenient as it is to not have to drive to your workplace and back, let us not forget that the screen time has increased drastically, yeah. and after a day's work, after a normal work day, and also work days are no longer normal because you see what you can do with your team at the desk, right? Where you are like, oh, can you pass me that file? Mm-hmm. Or hey, have you seen this report? Now even that has to happen over a video call. That has to happen over a over an email. Coordination is now five x, right? Like. It's, it's what you could do in an hour now takes much longer, yeah. right? So they are spending more time at the at work technically, right? And a common misconception that a lot of managers have is, oh, you're saving driving time, yeah. you know, or you're at home, you know, it's, it's easier for you. But that's actually a misconception. We're spending more time doing work-related things despite being at home. Yeah. And while being at home, they are frustrated that they are not getting enough quality time with their own family members so after people spend you know their typical work day at home how do they chill netflix more screen time <laughs> right it's it's even if they don't do netflix even if uh, i think simple hacks you know where they take a tech break where they are not looking at the screen
0: but what yeah. happens if people don't
1: what happens if people don't take a tech break yeah oh yeah, that's, it's really bad for their brains. Let's begin with that. Like from the blue light to the way you experience dopamine, right? Because you're constantly being driven by, uh, by a sensory input. So if you don't get a break, your capacity to feel a sense of joy starts coming down because your tolerance is too high, right? So uh, these things need to be looked into because then they start affecting people's moods. Uh, people start looking forward to uh, you know, any sort of a screen to just simply wake up. How many people wake up in the morning and have to look at their phones just to feel like they're waking up and then they feel that sense of um, dreariness throughout the day where they're just tired and they don't feel like they're themselves and they will probably need a cup of coffee but you know and then slowly sleep deprivation starts kicking in. A uh, Huge list of problems really. Um, I think companies, in terms of what companies can practice, companies can actually start giving their employees, uh, you know, a day off in a month across to say, okay, tech break, you know, a tech detox day, right? Um, because employees are working over the weekend as well. Who's keeping a track of that?
0: Yeah, like I mean, the work timings and the working hours that uh, employees are actually putting in uh, after the work from home. Uh, has been
1: significantly it's higher been significantly
0: yeah. higher and usually like usually if you'll ask someone um, in India working professionally in India that how much time are you spending on a day-to-day basis on work it's bare minimum 9 to 10 hours Yeah. Um, that they're spending on work which might seem like it's just an hour more uh, than what is actually the label law but when you accumulate all of that it's 40 extra hours in a month yeah. uh, which is a lot right that time can be spent on uh, spending time with your family as you said taking a tech break or, or actually addressing your mental health. Yes. For a lot of people finding the time is a real issue as well. Yes.
1: You know but speaking of finding time and other issues something that I definitely think about is that um, in terms of company practices I feel like managers need to be more aware of their employees home reality, it impacts their work, it, it impacts, impacts their work every day. How much can they
0: spend, uh, how much time can they spend on work is also uh, something that you'll measure with, you have to take on a case by case basis.
1: Yes, you do and it, it definitely is a case by case basis because you see when your employee comes to work, um, you know everyone's, everyone's in the same space, everyone has the same 8 hours, everyone's working together but when they're at home, right some employees looked forward to coming to work because they could use the canteen or they could you know eat at the company but now they have to cook their own food not every employee not every person in your team has access to house help right not every person in your team might have aging parents not every employee in your team might have kids you know some are older employees some are younger you know so some have like two kids Some have no kids, some are married, some are unmarried, so different people have different commitments at home. So are managers being compassionate towards that? Are they understanding of that? And what are managers doing to make work a happier and a safer space for their employees so that the employee feels like, you know, my work takes care of me and I'm happy to work here. So. That's, that's the question that we really need to be asking.
0: Yes. Are we happy at work?
1: <laughs> Are we happy at work? Are we? <laughs>
0: Are we? Yeah, yeah I
1: am. <laughs> I am too. So yeah.
0: Uh, amazing. So I think with that, let's wrap up this discussion. Thank you so much for taking the time out and actually giving us uh, actionable measures that people can take immediately without investing too much into it. Whether it's financial resources or human resources, you all you need to do is be a little more empathetic and uh, little
1: bit more, little bit,
0: little bit more more on a personal level, I guess. Uh, Be a little more empathetic, and then obviously have initiatives that we spoke about uh, in place so that people feel good to work with them.
1: Absolutely.